Yeah, having no kids and too much money is a horrible problem and also great, but I spent a whole bunch of money <laughs> on Legos. Um, yeah, because yeah, I came out with an NES set where it's oh. like an actual CRT and the little Ooh. NES box and it's Mario and the, mm. the stage moves like inside no. the thing, it rotates. Yes. And That's um, way too cool. there's like a little controller and everything. Oh, I'm so My excited. My son would and destroy that in half a minute. Hello and welcome to Medium Salt, the 90s nostalgia podcast that takes a look at movies and pop culture from the past and examines them through a modern lens to see how we've grown as individuals and as a community. I am your host, Matt, and joined by my very, very good friend and fellow host, Kate. Today uh, is a Light Salt episode where we talk about related topics um, rather than an actual film. Um, and we try to keep it short on a bit of a timer so we don't take up your whole day. This week, we are talking about streaming, how media consumption has changed over the years, and why I believe streaming is a huge par- it's like is an even bigger paradigm shift than VHS was, which we'll get into, and um, what I think the next paradigm shift is going to be. But first, Kay, how are you? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm great. Actually, doing really well. It's chilly outside. I just remembered that the uh, brush pickup collection day is tomorrow, so I probably need to get some brush out of my yard. Mm. Or forget and just have brush in my yard. We'll see. Mm. I do that. The first one or the second one? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I definitely have a little bit of like a uh dilapidated witch's house aesthetic going on in my front yard where i've got like tufts of grass that are too long and random scraggly plants growing up through rocks and like yeah a huge bougainvillea plant that is just climbing all the way up to the roof and covering my yeah. windows yeah yeah hey you're just getting that getting that nanny og on yeah i am oh nanny og <laughs> i love her <laughs> so yeah love the witches terry pratchett that was the other that was the other contender for our episode today when i was talking to my wife Mm -hmm. i was like what should we like i kind of want to record something today and you know talking i was like okay she's like what about terry pratchett i'm like oh i could talk about discworld for a minute (laughs) at least at least one minute yeah and then uh then she brought up this topic which will be like because i i started ranting about it on some tangent this morning <laughs> like, and we've also had it on our list for a while too so. yeah he was like why don't you do that for a light song i'm like that's a that's really a, nice way a, of saying i want to listen to this where i can pause it so <laughs> <laughs> go record it and i'll listen to it later <laughs> <laughs> that's probably uh, true yeah. <laughs> Um, it's it's nicer than what Aaron does, which is I think he just stops listening after a while if I'm chattering too much. Just tunes and it out. just becomes sort of like a beautiful lo-fi for him, or it's just there like me go. going yeah. blah, 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 Which to be fair, I talk a lot, so that's you just need to carry the mic with you and record it one day, and <laughs> right? then put it to like a beat, <laughs> just yeah. that that lo-fi like offstep beat. <laughs> have you um have you seen Midnight Gospel? I have not. It's 
basically a podcast that they took and turned into, they took episodes and changed them a little and turned them into this ridiculously weird cartoon. So it's basically just this cartoon that has almost nothing to do with a podcast and has all these trippy illustrations and animation, which is, I mean, it's beautifully done and just people in the background talking. It's just really weird and <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, I'll have to check it out. I, I saw a trailer for it and I was like, Oh, that animation looks cool, but I, it just didn't seem like my thing. So I kind of like, it may not be like, it is weird. Yeah. It, I, <laughs> it's definitely one of those things that people watch when they're high, you know, like, yeah. And I think that's what turned me off of it. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's a very specific sort of thing yeah. and it's, it's like it's not, not to yuck anyone's yum. It's just not my yum. Yeah. Totally fair. Um, and you have different needs when you're not high versus when you're high for media consumption. So for sure. Yeah. And or drunk or whatever. So, yeah. And that's funny. Cause you know, that's on Netflix, uh, midnight gospel, right? That, that's a Netflix. It is on series. Netflix. Yeah. And I think it was created yeah. by Netflix, like Netflix funded it, which yeah. segues nicely into our topic today. Yeah. Our topic today is how streaming is, is, a huge paradigm shift for like the entire industry, let alone our just our culture and how mm-hmm. we consume media. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like VHS was huge for for both, like j- the way streaming is right. Mm-hmm. Like when VHS came out, it was a huge paradigm shift because it changed how movie studios could make money and how consumers could consume their media. So before VHS. Most people, if they wanted to watch a movie, had to go to a movie. Well, we should also talk about the fact that before we actually had a way of capturing video, all TV was live before, um, like it's, it's, this is just a fact that I learned, uh, because one of my partners listens to this really cool or watches this really cool YouTube series Mm -hmm. whose name I can't recall, but I'll try to remember about old technologies. And so when the TV first came out, there were no tapes, right? It was just, mm-hmm. we, we take the camera we get the information mm-hmm. and we can broadcast it, but it's a, yep. it's an, as it's going kind of thing. There's no, there's mm-hmm. no storing it for later. So every TV yeah. episode like that you watch or early mm-hmm. radio. Yeah. And that shift into even just being able to play the same things over again or record things. And mm-hmm. that that's a huge deal. Yeah, it was, that was a huge deal for the creators and the studios Mm -hmm. because like, obviously like there was, there was videotape before there was VHS. So like there was videotape, but that was largely like these huge, like three quarter inch reels that basically you'd only see in a studio environment and they would play those reels back to broadcast it. Mm. Um, But VHS took that, basically this technology miniaturized it to a point where a consumer could fit it into their house without taking up like, cause these things were huge, these huge reels and they're huge players. Like they were like, if you think like old computers, right now they have, they have the whole like big mainframe type thing, not dissimilar from that. But the, what VHS did was it new revenue stream for the studios. Um, they could now, not only are they selling their films to the theaters to play, they're selling it direct to consumer for them to play. Um, cause before it, there was consumer VHS technology, if you want to see a movie, you had to go to a theater and there were like people had, some people had film projectors, right? Mm-hmm. So they could, you could buy a film and watch it on projector conceivably, but I mean, economically it wasn't super viable. Yeah. That they didn't sound sell like a whole it was lot widely of adopted. Nah. And like those little eight millimeter projectors, it was largely for people like filming events or their kids or whatever, or, you know, mm-hmm. community centers you. or something. Yeah. 
like you're recording stuff and you're just playing it back for yourself. Small stuff. And, and it was still an expensive technology, you know, think, you know, not, not necessarily restricted to the uber wealthy, but it was pretty, you know. Either I don't people with expensive people hobbies or too much money or both. Right. So. Right. You know, maybe it's equivalent to like, and I, this is probably wrong, right? But maybe it's equivalent to like what you, like a really high-end gaming rig mm. PC right mm. now. Like, yeah, it's accessible. People have it, but not everyone has it. And there are people who certainly can't. Yeah. And there are people who don't want one, you know? Yeah. Perhaps most so, of them. So VHS coming out and like VHS came out along with another format called Betamax. And that's a whole other episode of a light salt. So I don't want to get too much. I don't really want to get into that. I think that could be its own episode. Mm-hmm. But the important thing was that VHS one people had it and um, it was such a, it's such a game changer that a lot of the old money in media were trying to make it illegal oh. or take away huge parts of the functions. Really? Right? Yes. Because the way the technology works and how accessible it was mm-hmm. and like, I think there was a huge lack of foresight as well. But what? one of the, <laughs> like for the, for the money, right? Like yeah. it's actually good for people, bad for money. Yes. Um, was like the ability to record on your VCR. The TV. Yeah. I remember they came yeah. out with the, the weird little, the little clip button or whatever that mm-hmm. was on the, the VCR tape or the VHS tape itself that you could like break off or mess with and then you could record mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I remember that. That was awesome. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. And like it also made it possible to duplicate videotapes if you had two VCRs. You could run run signal through the other VCR, like take one VCR, run the signal through the other VCR and put it to your TV so you could record um, You could re- record a tape onto another tape and have mm-hmm. two tapes, basically. Thereby um, doubling really your video yeah. collection. <laughs> and introducing, basically, piracy and bootlegging mm. to our world in that way, right? So, mm. like, really big deal. They were trying to make it illegal. It didn't work because people were like, no, that's stupid. I want... Like, I already have this technology. Don't, like, we're doing it. Take it it away. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the cat's out of the bag. Pandora's box is open. So it was huge. It changed changed everything. People were recording TV. People were recording. uh, People could buy movies at the store. You know, you had the video rental market Mm -hmm. come out and was huge and changed, like, changed the way what movies were viable, Mm -hmm. even. Like, what, how much, where you could make money. Um you could target super specific niches. Probably children's niches. media too um, got bigger, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. At least children's movies. Mm-hmm. It, there was like a period of Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. Where people were just throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and mm-hmm. stuff got really cool and interesting. I mean, this was like the 70s, I want to say. Oh, yeah. really, the 70s and 80s. Well, and in the, the 70s also was a time where a lot of uh, diverse filmmakers were still making films because it hadn't been. Mm-hmm. Was that before? I'm sorry. Remind me when the MPAA and all that stuff happened. Time oh, like that was the 60s. Okay. Right. They I can't start- remember what squashed the independent film stuff. Well, it was almost the opposite. Um, the, the MPAA came out because independent film was, was breaking it's out of the well. studio yeah. system. And so they needed a way to kind of corral that back in. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. You have to follow our rules. Right. And so those, so when that kind of happened and like they, they were trying to shut out those independents from theaters and then this new technology comes around along of VHS and Betamax, mm-hmm. they have their market back mm-hmm. and they can make stuff again. 
Yeah. I think the most important part about the VHS being developed was so we could have the ring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really crucial. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I have not seen the ring. Ever? No. So horror is not really my genre. As a genre, I'm just not a big fan of horror movies. That is movies. fair. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing, I like, people like it, and I, I can see why they like it. Mm -hmm. um, it just doesn't really do it for me. I used to really dislike horror. Um, yeah. Now I'm realizing that I don't dislike horror as a genre. I just dislike specific kinds, right? I don't like jump mm -hmm. scares. I love folk horror, like Midsummer yeah. or Hereditary or The Witch. Um, mm. So there is some really good horror out there. But yeah. unlike other types of movies that are bad, like if a if a rom com's bad, it's just sort of cringy. You don't get yeah. <laughs> adrenaline yeah. streaks from jump scares or whatever. But yeah. Oh, and then a bad horror movie can be funny in yeah. a way that like a lot of other bad movies can't be, which mm -hmm. I think helps the genre um, yeah, probably, find yeah. an audience. You know, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who like horror like it because of the cheesiness, mm -hmm. right? But I I just didn't do it for me for a lot of reasons that are like subjective yeah i think i think for me at least one of the things that i'm learning more and more as i get older is that there is a good example of every genre mm -hmm. that people can enjoy and i want to be a person that oh, at yeah. least enjoys something from every genre uh the yeah, thing I, that I, led I could, me to this yeah. to this conclusion is really it's the cartoon thing a lot of people especially from generations that are mm. older than our own uh, sort of dismiss animation as a as a medium for any sort of message or usefulness, right? Yeah. Like if it's a cartoon, it clearly can't be taken seriously, or there's that kind of attitude. Um, or people are just like, oh, I don't like anime. And my response to that is always Studio Ghibli is anime and is beautiful. Like you can do mm -hmm. really great things in any in any genre. But of course all of these things are on a bell curve, right? And so, you know, maybe you would only like the top 1% of every horror thing created and it would just be because right. it's so good. It transcends the genre itself or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Like I really enjoyed cabin in the woods. Yeah. I love horror. Parody. Which I know is kind of more of a send back to yeah. older horror rather than a horror film in it of itself. Oh, but it was good. Yeah. You know? I wish the horror parody genre had more. And when I say horror parody, I don't mean like scream or no, no, you mean like scream cabin in the woods itself, or Tucker like and Dale versus movie. evil. Yes. Tucker and Dale versus evil is so good. It subverts yeah. expectations the whole time. That's my favorite mm -hmm. thing that movies do. You go in and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of those. And then you're like, never mind. This is so great. Um, but yeah, everyone go watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you can on streaming services. It's like, we're back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so one thing I think that's really cool about, you know, VHS being such a huge paradigm shift is like, mm -hmm. you know, the next big thing was DVD. Laserdisc was in there. Laserdisc never took off. DVD came out. RIP Laserdisc. DVD took off. Yeah. But DVD, to me, was just a continuation of VHS. It wasn't a huge paradigm shift. Yes, yeah. there were some changes because there's always changes with technological advancement. Um, I think it got more accessible. It was cheaper to manufacture. You don't have to rewind. <laughs> you got special features, which is mm -hmm. really cool. You know, that was really big, but it wasn't, it wasn't industry paradigm shifting 
stuff. Yeah, it was, it was just like, like taking... oh, this is more cool now. By a little bit, maybe like ten percent more yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. You know. Then there was Blu-ray and HD DVD, which maybe we'll talk about with VHS versus Betamax. Because yeah, I didn't even realize HD DVD was a thing. A lot of the same forces were fighting there. Just more proof that DVD was just VHS plus. Yeah. Um, and Blu-ray is just DVD plus, or at least that's what it's always seemed mm-hmm. like to me. Yeah. Now there is there is something to talk about with the whole switch from analog to digital, but I don't think that's best. I don't think that's best portrayed by the switch from VHS to DVD. Right. There's other technologies I could go on about for hours. That's also because not it actually a huge effect on the average citizen, right? Like right, yeah. Um, so streaming, I feel is is just as if not, and I think more more paradigm shifting than VHS. Oh, absolutely. Because it changed, it changed all the same things VHS did and more. Mm-hmm. It changed the way that studios could make money. It changed the way that people consume their content, how specific that content is to their interests. It, and it did one thing that VHS didn't do as much, which it introduced an entirely new party to the money ecosystem. Mm. Uh which is the the services the 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 companies that own the platforms, right? Right. So, yeah, you you know you had companies who manufactured VHSs, um, mm-hmm. tapes, and DVDs, but they were this largely the same companies that manufactured all these other technologies. So it was like the studios paid them to to make a bunch of DVDs or whatever, make a bunch of VHSs to sell on a shelf, and then they did, and they they did. But like with with streaming. Like the studios didn't pay a streaming company to stream their movies. No, they just and then they made get the one. money. Mm-hmm. The the streaming company came in, paid the studios for the rights, and then they make all the money. Right. And the studios are not seeing as much money from streaming as they were from, from just sales. From sales, at least not right away. The the, the tides are turning a bit right now, mm-hmm. um, especially now that. You know, media companies are these huge mega conglomerates like <laughs> Disney, who has their own streaming service. So they they have their hands in all the pies. You mean all two media companies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like now they are making the money. Now they are doing all the things, and they're still not paying their content creators nearly enough because they're operating on the old model. I have a quick aside for you. Yeah. When have have you ever paid for cable? Yes. As an adult. Yes. Okay. Because that's just another thing that we can talk about that was disrupted, right? So, like our oh yeah, our complete media upset, right? Like I still know some people who have cable. A, I don't understand, and B, that's the only time I ever see commercials. It's yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Ha- I haven't had cable in years. But when you know, just out of college, like man, there's so much there. Okay, so just out of college, we had cable for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then we got rid of it when we moved to Dallas. Because mm. we realized we weren't we weren't using it, and we just we didn't want to pay for internet and cable. We just wanted to pay and for it's internet. expensive. Cable's expensive. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And ever since, and this actually has a lot to do with broadcast technology, which could be a whole other light salt episode. Oh, thank goodness! Because broadcast <laughs> technology, separate from how we consume our media, has changed massively as well. Because uh, I don't know if you remember, but you know, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Because it's broadcast. Um, but broadcast switched from analog to digital. 
It did. And you had to get the little box, right? And they were, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing, right? They were there like, you got to get this box, all this signal, all this signal's going to change. It changed a whole lot about broadcast that people don't even know. And it kills me. Broadcast TV right now, over the air broadcast TV is higher quality in terms of the video signal. Mm-hmm. The video signal you're getting from broadcast HD is better than cable or satellite. Wow. By like an order of magnitude. All right. Like, we'll save all the spoilers for when we actually got- do <laughs> that episode. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. If you've got an antenna or if you don't buy one, I don't care. Plug it in your TV. They're like 10 bucks. Turn on your TV. Check out just any of the HD channels. And the picture quality is going to be 10 times better than what you get on, on cable or satellite. And people don't know it because people don't do it. And everyone go donate to PBS. <laughs> I, yes, do that, please. Um, and there's a whole reason for it I'd love to get into, but that would quickly derail us because we've <laughs> already been derailed. I don't know what you're talking about. There are no but rails. It has to, it's hard for me not to hold it back. I have so I know, much I want to say about that. Clearly, we should record this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, um, back to streaming. So streaming, huge fucking streaming. paradigm shift, right? Huge so fucking paradigm shift. We have a whole generation of... The reason I asked you the question about the cable is no. I have never paid for cable. My parents had yeah. cable. My grandparents have cable. My in-laws have cable. But I have never paid for cable and never will I, you know? Um, yeah, no. I mean, you pay for a bunch of streaming services. That's yeah, kind of... And that's the new cable. It's interesting because I don't think cable's going to keep up because when you watch cable, it's like half ads, like the commercials mm-hmm. are rampant and I don't remember it being that way. I'm sure it was and I was just used to it. But it actually it actually has gotten worse. Oh, like um statistically yeah. worse? Uh I believe so. Um I haven't double checked my numbers for the podcast or anything, but um with with subscribership of cable going down, mm-hmm. it's make it's getting harder for the channels and the service providers to mm-hmm. justify the prices of ad, ad time. Mm-hmm. So they have to charge less for ad time, and, but they still, have this, they still need to make money. So they are selling more of it. Oh. Well, and that's interesting because I feel like it disproportionately targets um, the el- older generations, right? Like mm-hmm, Who still watch cable. Right, because I mean, you, you can well. tell who these things are directed at based on the commercials yeah. that they play, and I'm like, oh, this is not meant for me. Like it's like, like a catheter cowboy, yeah, or it's like a, <laughs> a gray-haired fox uh, yeah. getting some, you know, erectile dysfunction meds. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what's funny about that is, yeah, the increased ad time is actually affecting syndication. Mm. So syndication is when you you take you you have a you have a TV program. It has what's called first run on its network, and then after it has its first run on the network, it will syndicate or sell the rights to that episode to other channels to play. Mm-hmm. So, like if you've seen, and I'm going to use Seinfeld for this example. You've seen Seinfeld on another channel that isn't the the channel it originally broadcasted on, which is I'm blanking on right now. Um, then that's syndication. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same or you see friends. Futurama on Sci-Fi Channel instead of on mm-hmm. Fox? That's syndication. Um, but what's happened with these older shows when there wasn't as much ad times? They have mm-hmm. to they have to squeeze the episode to fit more ads in. So what, you, what it started with was they sped up the credits. Oh, that makes sense, right? But they've sped up the credits about as fast as they can. <laughs> yeah, right now. It's so just what you're starting to fast. see, and you can find examples of Seinfeld specifically. 
they are actually speeding up the episode. What? Like 1.2 times, right? Like just, wow. just a small amount. So people are talking like a little faster. Their voices might be a little higher pitched. They might be bringing it down in post, but it's like a little faster. Things that. are like the timing's going to be starting to get weird. Um, That's fascinating. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And I think it's only going to get stupider as well as it's it's the death throes of of cable cable has nowhere to go right now mm-hmm. um i definitely feel like we kind of missed the i'm not gonna say the golden era of streaming but there was a time where netflix reigned supreme and you only mm-hmm. had to have one streaming service i enjoyed yeah. that time me too me and too now it's like oh no which of the seven streaming services is this on yeah it was it was nice to be able to take my you know $60 a month subscription to cable and turn it into a $10 a month mm-hmm. Netflix. Of course, Netflix isn't, hasn't been $10 in a long time, but right. that's what it was when I, when I, when I, when we completely switched over. Yeah. I think mine was eight ninety nine or something stupid cheap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had Netflix when it was just discs. Right. I still actually have some you know? Netflix discs that I never returned. <laughs> they, you subscribe to it and they sent you the DVDs in the mail. Yeah. I have collateral and i have bringing up baby and i have Mm -hmm. one other one that i forgot and so they basically were just like well these are yours now (laughs) okay thanks sweet um it's interesting i find myself collecting more dvds now even though i have all the streaming services because i'll i'll want to watch a very specific movie the best example i can think of is french kiss one of my favorite romantic comedies with Meg Ryan. It's not streaming Mm -hmm. anywhere ever. And so the one time that I wanted to show it to someone, I had to pirate it, which felt weird because I'm like, I pay a bunch of like, I try so hard to find a legal way to get things now. Mm -hmm. Um, Current Caitlin does. Glad you brought that up, but. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. I tried so hard. I was like, I will rent it from someone. I will buy it digitally nothing nowhere so i was like all right sorry i did my best i can't even find it at target i'm gonna just stream it and i did and it was great but now i own it on dvd so Mm. so it's it's i like that you brought up piracy because uh this actually ties into a a little personal story i wanted to tell to toot my own horn a little bit (laughs) um when i was in film school Mm -hmm. um netflix had like kind of just introduced it's streaming services. Um, and shortly after that, Hulu came out. And it was, Hulu was originally a team effort between, I want to say, Fox and NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like entirely Fox. Um, and that was a big deal. So I, I was watching this happen. Um, and I'm a really big gamer nerd person. I like to play video games a lot, especially in college. I did <laughs> like if I wasn't doing anything in class or hanging out with my buddies, getting into trouble, <laughs> I was probably playing Halo three. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely have uh, an associate's degree in world of Warcraft. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> so from that, I was, a, I was, you know, very close to and aware of like what steam did. Oh yes, Steam. What they did. We should probably say what Steam is for people who don't know. Yeah. So Steam is basically just a internet. I mean, it's it's a platform for you to have your games in a library, um, and it organizes them, 
handles all the save files and all that stuff. Um, you you know you and it's a store. It's basically a storefront. Yeah, we're talking about games. like computer games, video games, yeah, computer that kind games. Of thing. Yeah, and it holds them all there, so like it, it manages it, the, all the data and all that stuff. So, but the biggest thing was the storefront. Mm-hmm. You could buy your games on the Steam app, um, and then you play them through the Steam app. It made getting software. Mm-hmm. easier and more accessible it could be cheaper because they weren't buying physical discs anymore and that was a big deal that was the biggest that was the biggest shift for them was that you could buy the games digitally legally mm-hmm. and um and and it was associated with your account so you can you keep it forever get, and you keep it forever you get you get a new computer you still have it you can just go download it you don't have to worry about carrying your discs everywhere you don't have to worry about yeah, even on different platforms too, which yep. is a really big deal, CD right? CD keys, you know, no more CD keys you have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, because for people people do, who don't know, before Steam came around or even the other ones who have followed that are like digital gaming platforms, in order to mm-hmm. get a computer game, you'd buy a disc usually, right? You yeah. go to the store or for a console. Did I ever tell you <laughs> what happened the first time I bought Halo 3? So mm-hmm. I had a, I had just gotten an Xbox 360. It was the first console mm-hmm. I'd ever bought myself as an adult or ever, right? So I had finally overcome the whole girls don't play video games. Like my little brother got new consoles at home and it was always his mm-hmm. thing. And it was never like a thing that I was, I don't know. So basically for me, my console journey was NES, SNES, Sega, Xbox 360. Like I skipped okay. everything else. I skipped huge right. generations of. So, so change. you were used to cartridges. Yes, and then I'm guessing where this story is going. Nah, uh, oh, okay. I was Never really mind. excited about Halo, uh, Halo Three because I'd played it at someone's house, and so I went mm-hmm. and I got it. I got it from a Walmart. I remember. I don't know why. Um, and I get home and I unwrap the thing. You know, there's always always all that plastic wrap and like tape mm-hmm. everywhere on the thing, and I open it and there's no disc in it. <gasps> it's completely empty. And I'm like, oh no. Cause they're they're expensive. It was like sixty dollars. That was a lot. Yeah, like I was bucks. working as a waitress at the time. And yeah. I was like, oh my god. I mean, they're God. still sixty bucks now, but sixty bucks now is not the same as yeah, 60, 60 bucks. Yeah, sixty bucks back then ago. was a lot. It was also the only yeah. game I had for my Xbox. And I was like, oh no. What do I do? Like, can I go to the store and convince them, hey, this just wasn't yeah. in here? Um, I did yeah. end up doing that because Walmart has a very lacks return policy and you can return like rotten bananas and everything to Walmart. But like they believed me because someone else had had it happen at that store that same day. And I was like, well, that's that's probably the same box. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh man, that won't happen on steam. If you download it, you just have it. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the bit and the biggest thing, like the, one of the biggest things that steam did was it, it cut piracy of video games to a negligible level to the point mm-hmm. where the industry kind of was cool. Like they, they stopped worrying about it as much as like Except for the music industry and stuff, which that's a whole other light salt talking about media piracy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it, it proves all of this stuff is so related and there's so much stuff. <laughs> I know we should be, this should be like a long light salt, but it proves the mm-hmm. theory that was going around before um, you know, when piracy was seen as this huge deal and people spent all this time mm-hmm. and money trying to keep people from pirating discs and generating fake keys and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. that if you make games easily, easy to get and accessible, at least for me and Aaron, my husband, like we used to pirate movies and games and, you know, sorry, FBI, this is my address. But um, 
now we don't ever in minecraft you pirated all these things yes fake fake piracy (laughs) yeah um in minecraft yes so yeah but we don't now and we go to great pains not to because now we have a bigger respect for the creators themselves too but also Mm -hmm. it's just so easy it's harder to pirate Mm -hmm. now than it is to just buy a game and it didn't used to be the case so yeah yeah it used to it used to be way easier to pirate um and so basically what steam proved was that piracy was not a criminal problem it was a service problem Steam solved that problem and made a ton of money. Valve makes more money, makes an order of magnitude more money on Steam than they ever did making games, mm-hmm. which is why they don't make games much anymore. Yeah, come on, Half Life Three, <laughs> please. <laughs> so, I I was aware of all this going on while in college, and I'm seeing Netflix come out, and you know, video piracy with broadband internet becoming accessible finally, mm-hmm. like to to a wider audience, like. Video piracy was becoming a big deal the way music piracy had been. And I saw Netflix come out and I'm seeing these deals with Hulu and I'm seeing these huge, huge titans of these huge competitors come together to make streaming platforms like Hulu. Mm -hmm. And I was going, this is a big deal. This is a big fucking deal. And so I wrote papers on it and I Mm -hmm. presented those papers in class to my other film students. Nobody gave a shit. Really? And I'm sitting there like, no, this is going to shape the rest of your life. Yeah, like, especially if you go into the industry, mm-hmm. if you go into the industry at all, this is going to be the sea you swim in, I promise. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go into the industry because it's film school and like there's more film students than there ever will be film jobs. Um, then it will shape your personal life because it will change how you consume your content. Mm-hmm. It will change your spending habits. It will change dating. Like this is huge. It'll change every aspect of your life. Yeah. This is the yeah. new internet practically. Like, yeah. and like no one was, no one was picking up what I was putting down. And of course it was, I was a college student and this was like right before the huge economic crash. So I had no money to put into stock, but man, if I did, I, I would have bought say, so much Netflix. Right? I would have bought uh, so much Netflix. I'd be so rich right now. I'm so angry about being young and poor. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> but so like I'm telling people this, and I'm like the only person I think who really understood it, um, and I didn't even realize how well they understood it was one of my professors, mm-hmm. um, a guy named Alan Alboran. And I was writing papers for his class about streaming Netflix. And it turns mm-hmm. out um, one of the papers I was citing. Was him? Wrote. Ah! Yeah. So I was t- like, I don't know if he thought I was kissing his ass or whatever, but I had no idea until after accident. I turned in the paper. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I had one kiss ass try to cite my own paper at me. <laughs> Maybe he's like, yeah, cool. If you understood it rather than just being like, look, here's a paper. Yeah. I mean, because it was, it was huge. And and so the implications just cascading. Yeah. yeah. It curtailed piracy. It was convenient. It was video on demand in a way that DVRs never could be. Mm -hmm. It was because DVRs were the big thing at the time. Yeah. You know, what's Um, so weird is the whole TiVo thing, like record your TV for you Mm -hmm. and you'll let, we'll let you skip commercials. That seems so much to me, like trying to make a faster horse instead of making a car, you know? I mean, that's basically what it was. You yeah. know, and that's going to help you. Yeah. The industry was so focused on that 
too. Mm-hmm. Like if I, the, I was, again, I was in college at the time. So I was reading all these industry papers, these trade magazines, like what the studios were trying to do to keep up with digital recording. And cause it was changing their landscape in a similar way to VHS. And that like, um, Nielsen ratings, the company that basically tells TV, what, how popular studios, how much is, money yeah. they're going to make. Um, they, uh, they were trying to figure out how to measure DVR because it, and they, I came up with a whole term for it that I forget what it was called now. Cause I haven't, you know, been in the industry in a minute, but it was like offset viewing or like delayed <laughs> viewing. And like, yeah. is that, is that worth less than the live broadcast and mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like, what are we going to do with these numbers? Yeah. This brings up something interesting. I recently watched being the Ricardos, the film about uh, Lucille Ball mm-hmm. and the I love Lucy show. And it's a, it's a factual show. And in it, they're talking about how I love Lucy was such a big show. And because it, you had to tune in, they just changed, like it changed the way people's schedules worked, right? Yep. Like they changed yep. civic services around because no one was doing anything on the time that I love Lucy was happening. And that, you know, 50 million people would tune in or whatever to watch. I love Lucy. Yeah. You don't get that anymore. Right. We don't have the same cultural phenomena that we did because there's, we're just splitting the pie in too many different places, right? Like there's never going to yeah. be an I love Lucy again. Like the closest you'll get is yeah. random viral things like squid game or game of Thrones. Right. right? Game of Thrones, but, right. Where, where it's really more about like, as long as you watch it before you go to work the next day, you don't have right. to watch it at a specific time. You yeah. just want to watch it in time to ha- talk about it at the water cooler. Um, which we used to have be- when people went into an office. Yeah. And what talk a changing about world. <laughs> <laughs> now my water cooler is my fridge. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of leads into how streaming actually changed our culture, right? Which is one of the things mm-hmm. that we kind of wanted to touch on because you used to have a very limited option about what you could see at any given time, right? Like if you had cable, you'd mm-hmm. go and turn the cable on and you'd switch through the, you know, 50 or 60 channels you got. Channel through them. Yeah. Two or three of them might have been uh, kids' shows. You could see the last two-thirds of My Cousin Vinny again, if you're Matt. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and you were basically, you had to you had to eat from the table that was set for you, right? Yep. Whereas now it's a grocery store. Now you go in and you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to eat? I have no idea. And you pick up and junk put food. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, junk food. You pick up and put down a million things. Because now I feel like I have so much harder of a time picking what I'm going to watch. Like I'll start movies and stop them and then start a different movie because I'm not feeling it. And I never would have ever done that when I was doing a VHS or a DVD thing. Yeah. Well, cause that's, that would involve work. You have to stop it and go up to the machine and pull out the thing and put it back in mm-hmm. the case. If you still had the case and hadn't destroyed it, you know, <laughs> put it back on the shelf, pick out another DVD, you pull that out. It's, it's a whole thing. Right. Whole thing. Now it's click. Yep. Or click, click, click. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> also, binging. Binging shows is a thing now. Binging, yeah. It used to yeah, be yeah. like you'd have an all-day marathon of a show and you couldn't pause to go to the bathroom or whatever, and that would be an occasional mm-hmm. thing, right? But now it's just yeah. like, yeah, you I'm going to watch. You know the, the commercial break? Mm-hmm. You run to the bathroom. You go real quick. You got to run back. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Get your snacks. <laughs> Point the TV towards the bathroom door, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, you can watch 
all of friends in one straight shot if you want. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Yep. I mean, before that, like, yeah, you could buy TV shows. You could get the season on DVD or whatever, but it was mm-hmm. like, that, it was such a pain. Yeah. Cause it's like, like six three discs you got to switch, switch through. The disc, yeah. Yeah. Even worse on VHS, like those giant VHS oh my gosh. box yeah, sets. Yeah, Do you know what I'm talking huge, about? Like, yeah. I think mean, the art was cool. That was one thing oh, that we're yeah. missing now is like the really cool box art that we used to have. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, one thing that I miss like, about hey, buying- we put the movie poster on a box. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> one thing that I miss about buying games in the store is if you're playing like an RPG or something, getting one of those really beautiful mat- uh, maps. Mm, like the last yeah. game I think I bought in store, I bought this the deluxe edition and it was Skyrim and it came with this just beautifully yeah. printed map. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last the last RPG that was gorgeous for me was I bought Morrowind on a oh, PC disc, and that came with a big old map and old game. One thing, okay, it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Homeworld was like one of the best PC game purchases I ever made back in like '99, right? It came in a box, and it came with like like a two came with two like huge thick manuals, just Ooh. full of like lore and information and spaceships and like oh, you don't get that anymore. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get a, like a digital version if you're buying like a little indie game or something, mm-hmm. but like that's not the same. Like it's not the same as like having the book, having the right? Book. Yeah. Do you remember the the not like cheat guides, but the game guides they used to sell with like Super Nintendo oh, games, yeah. right? Like yeah, I had yeah, the Super yeah. Mario All Stars one where it would show you like where the secret stuff is and all of this cool oh, yeah. like stuff. Oh yeah. man, I loved that. Loved yeah. it so much. So. Yeah, speaking of video games, though, and like how like I saw Steam change and how that changed the game, and that helped me like see that you know Netflix and Hulu were going to be a huge deal because Netflix had just introduced its streaming service. Like they mm-hmm. like was, you could barely watch anything on it, and I was all over that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was, it was like, just let's see what's on streaming, and I had the disc subscription already, so the streaming came free with it. Yeah, it was tacked um, onto the disc because it was so yeah. small. <laughs> yeah, so like seeing that. What I think the next big shift in media is going to be basically video game streaming and subscription services. Mm. Uh, Xbox Game Pass is huge. I saw like video games as as a medium currently make more money than all legacy media combined. Mm. Um, It is a stupid amount of money in video games, but it Aside from Steam, it still operates on that Steam model, which was introduced like in 2004 or something. Right. Like you have a digital storefront, you buy from the storefront, you play your mm-hmm. game. And the technology's only reason got, got to a point where you're, and, and we've been there for a minute, but I think Microsoft is the first people to do it right. You pay a subscription, you have access to a library of games. Mm-hmm. And you can either download that game and play it for free because you're already paying for the subs- subscription. Mm-hmm. or they have a new option where you can play it on their machines, streaming it to what? your device. So you know. So pretty soon, as the technology improves, you won't even need a gaming PC to play high-end games. Oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard, Matt. And other companies have been trying this for a while. Mm-hmm. Google had a whole thing that they were doing for a minute. Wasn't it the Stadia, Stadia or whatever it's called? The- yes, Google Stadia. That's how Google works. They, they do something revolutionary and then don't support it and everyone drops it and never, nothing ever happens. Yeah, then they forget about it. Looking at you, Google Plus. <laughs> and then somebody else comes along and does it better. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then some, yeah, somebody com- else comes along and does it better. What was, that, what was that messaging app Google did that was huge and then like basically slapped Hangouts their or, uh, 
No, no, it wasn't Hangouts. It was uh, it was like some cloud themed thing. Um, whatever. It was like a messaging app that was basically yeah. Slack or Discord or whatever. Yeah, and like, then they're like, you know, never mind. You, you throw yeah. shit at a bin and people get to see it. Um, and someone out there who's probably a big fan of that service is probably yelling at me that I got it all wrong right now. Well, I feel you I know, though, because I'm I know. like, <laughs> I totally will adopt Google Technologies, and then a year later be like, well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. So when I was working in VR, Google was doing a lot of like really cool stuff in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and then they realized they weren't making any money and dropped it all, you know, yeah. and that sucked because I was like, because, you know, they were doing really cool stuff in that space when I was working there. Like not, not working at Google, working in VR. The Google glasses thing was a really cool concept. I don't know where that yeah. is anymore. Uh, they dropped it because it was too early. Mm. And, you know, now Microsoft has dipped their toe in that same water with HoloLens. And, yeah. uh, you know, Apple it always likes to wait till the technology is mature to do anything. And then come in and do it slightly better and prettier. Yeah, they do everything sleeker and spiffier. And so, you know, there are a lot of rumors going around right now that there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Apple's probably going to release uh, something similar in the next couple of years. Um, that, and it'll be like $2,000 and no one will be able to afford it, but everyone will buy it. Video game streaming. So Google did Stadia. They did streaming. You basically played the game on their server and it, and it streamed to your device so that you could play your game anywhere without having to have a big gaming rig. But I feel like Microsoft is probably, the, they're going to be the ones to really nail it and get it right because they already nailed the subscription service to their games right, even though other companies have tried to do a similar thing. Um, mm -hmm. And Microsoft has been acquiring a stupid amount of gaming companies in the past yeah, couple years. Yeah, they just years. bought, uh, oh my gosh, Activision. Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I really hope that they just fucking clean house. So many of those people need to go to jail. Like, yeah, their leadership is pretty bad. And hopefully they clean out. I've got, I've got some old colleagues, or at least one old colleague that works at Activision Blizzard, now Microsoft. Yeah. Um, and she's a badass. Yeah. She's cool as shit. Well, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Activision and Blizzard has come under fire recently for having really poor leadership in a very toxic and misogynistic environment, up to the point yep. where there was a woman who was so frequently um, sexually harassed, they actually, they, her team, including her supervisor, I believe, started sending around a naked picture of her that they found or something like that to everyone in the office, and she actually killed herself. So... It's a it's a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's 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 a huge deal. One of the you know like it's like one of those things. Like one of maybe one of the benefits to Microsoft being so huge and so corporate is they'll clamp down on that at least a little bit. I mean, who who fucking knows? But like, I, I agree with you though that the gaming subscription yeah. thing is going to be a thing because like yeah. the Android. There's a Google game. There's a Google Store game subscription service that has a ton mm -hmm. of games on it. Apple, the App Store has a game subscription service. You see it on PlayStation. There's a PlayStation um, subscription service, but I haven't. I don't have an Xbox anymore, so I haven't seen yeah. Microsoft's. But that sounds really yeah. interesting. See, and that's that's the thing that makes Microsoft so interesting is that they have tied theirs their their subscription service is Xbox and PC. Ooh, They're tied together. That's so if cool. you own it, you can play the same games on your Xbox and on your PC. That is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. um, and it works because Microsoft owns Windows and Xbox, <laughs> right? So yeah. they, they own the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the next big thing in media. 
because it's it's taking Netflix and it's turning it into games. It's Netflix for games. That's what everyone wants. And it's going to be, you know, Microsoft's a big deal again, guys. Hooray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were never a small deal. We were just a medium yeah. deal for a while. <laughs> right. Well, they, they acquired some of them. Like, it's, it's more like they were like in danger of becoming like the old tech where they weren't new and exciting anymore. They were going to be like IBM. Mm-hmm. You know, like these huge industry mainstays that like probably aren't going to go anywhere. Well, once your ship gets too big, it's hard to pivot. Yeah, like they're a big deal, but they're never, they're never, they're not going to explode the way. Yeah, they're never going to be like relevant a Facebook again. can come on and just like go from like ten guys to two million guys in a, in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I still remember when Facebook was new, and like I wish I had a time machine so I could just go back and a put money in Facebook. And be mm-hmm. also tell Facebook to not be a thing because I yeah. hate Facebook. Yeah. Back when it was, you had to be a college student and you had to say what college you were going to, to mm-hmm. get a, a membership. And I remember people telling me about it and I was like, that sounds dumb. And I didn't sign up for years. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like I love VR. Mm-hmm. I love VR. It's my favorite way to game Facebook and meta. And like all these companies are focused on VR mm-hmm. and that's great for me. Because I love VR. <laughs> VR is not the future in the same way that the Game Pass is going to be. I don't think. At least not right, not right now. Everyone thinks VR is the future, and they're kind of right. I think VR and all that stuff is going to be important. But the, the whole Game Pass thing is just huge. Yeah. It's just gigantic. I mean, oh. Amazon's trying to get in on it. Everyone's mm-hmm. trying to get in on this shit. VR is... Definitely one of the technologies that scares me a little bit because, you know, there's all sorts of sci-fi stories and movies and stuff where you just see people completely check out of the real world and only engage in a VR way, right? Mm -hmm. And in the same way that Facebook and social media, when they first came on the scene, promised increased community and promised all of these good things that people could do and maybe even the internet itself right it was supposed to be Mm -hmm. a connecting thing for knowledge sharing and whatnot and now it's a place for nazis to hide um (laughs) i'm afraid that vr is just going to further increase the isolation we feel from other people right like we keep doubling down on these things where you know well i've got 400 facebook friends none of them are actually going to help you move you know (laughs) Yeah. Or come over when you're crying because you just broke up with someone or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's a, I worry that people will become so immersed in the metaverse that they won't be immersed in the world anymore. And it's going to be harder to enact good change. I'm worried for myself too, because like I have an addictive personality when it comes to video games, some of them anyway. And I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Things are great in here and it's pretty and I'm a unicorn. I'm just going to stay here. (laughs) Hooray. Hooray. I'm also, I've also got, I got, I got that like addictive personality a little bit when it comes to things I'm interested in like mm-hmm. VR. Um, I think, I think one of the big things about how, why I don't think, I think VR is really cool for gaming and it's going to be a really big deal for gaming, but the way they're trying to sell it for all these other aspects of your life, I really don't think it's going to go that way, at least not right now, because everything with the exception of, of, of gaming stuff, Everything you do in VR is 10 times more convenient to do on a screen. You yeah, know? that's fair. Like they're trying to sell this stuff like, oh, you can go to a, for v- like in VR, you can go to a store and, and buy things. I'm like, yeah, but that's going to take me like 
40 minutes Mm -hmm. when I can just open up a web browser, add to cart. (laughs) Right. You know, like, why do I need to virtually walk through a thing, go to a shelf, pick up the thing, put it in my VR cart, walk it around? Maybe I have to go to a checkout to actually charge my wallet, you know, or whatever. It's like, that's such a pain in the, such a pain in the ass. Or like, you know, you fucking go to Bezos's house and you click on a button and get the thing. It's great. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, why the fuck would I want to do that in VR? But like, you know, gaming stuff is fine because it's, that's part of the experience is that like, um, that, 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 uh, suspension of disbelief that emotion. Like, I don't need to be immersed when I'm trying to buy shit. Well, maybe people are like, I can't go to the store, but I miss it. Yeah, maybe. If the the if in, in ten years when when uh, fucking COVID Omicron Percy I eight still hasn't gone away, <laughs> right? Um, when we have a we'll miss the new grocery swine store. emu yeah. bat flu. We'll be like, oh, I just want to go look at seventy brands of peas. Right. So. Go to Kroger's VR and just. <laughs> Compare, compare generic, <gasps> s- compare brand to, to generic. And, mm, mm, mm. I was really thinking more like bookstores. I love just browsing bookstores. Oh, yeah. Bookstores are great. Or art museums. Um, yeah. There's definitely a place for it. Yeah, but I, 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 I still see VR as, as largely an entertainment product than anything else. And, um, and it's cool for that. Yeah, like no one's going to buy a VR set just to go virtual yeah. grocery shopping. So that's no. not where we're at yet. No. No. And like, I kind of have a hard time selling the idea of like, oh, we'll have our Zoom meetings in VR. And like, people don't like doing their Zoom meetings on Zoom. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> like, you gotta, you, you know, you, you, the, the fucking manager was like, okay, everybody gotta turn on your cameras and you could hear the collective groans, even though they have their mics muted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. No one wants to do shit in VR. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to have a meeting. Put on your fucking goggles and strap on your hands (laughs) things and go fucking sit in the middle of your room so you don't bang your head on a wall. Yeah. No one wants to do that. Why would anyone? It is so interesting to me that people are always trying to, like, preserve the worst parts of meetings. Right. Right. uh, Yeah. Because, like, I my company is going remote first, Mm. which is different than just remote like they are specifically committing to being a remote first company so that everyone is included you know because one of the problems of being a remote employee if your company has a physical location Mm. is being like left out of things right and not Mm -hmm. being part of the social tapestry of the company Uh, i think we're doing a really good job of preserving that but yeah um yeah it's just really interesting you know we want to see people's faces we don't want to see our own face i get face fatigue from looking at my face all day like, no, yeah. please stop looking at myself. I mean, on well, this window right now, I have my little face like as small as I can make it and like yeah, off to the I'm side. I'm not even looking over at it. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't need to know how I look. <laughs> um, also, just the constant eye contact, which you don't do in meetings, right? Like you're not staring at a bunch of people's eyes when you're in a meeting. Yeah. So it's interesting. I wonder what direction that's going to go. Yeah. But to bring it back to streaming. Yeah. Um, to, to tie up because we, we, we've kind of run over time mm-hmm. like we always do. True. Because I can't shut up. And uh, I don't want to. So. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, just uh, bring, bring everything back to, to stream real quick. One of the things it is doing right now for video, for like visual medium that is in games, um, 
is it changed the economics of content creation in a big way. Not just the fact that you've added this third party that's taking a huge chunk out of the pie, um, which is the platform, but now you have a it's it's become a hundred times more viable for an outsider to create good content and find an audience via mm. a site like YouTube. I think one of the best examples of that, a lot of YouTube animators, but specifically I'm thinking about one who goes by the handle VivzyPop, um, who kind of just did like their own thing on YouTube of animating like little animated music videos using their own characters. I think they largely appeal to like a furry audience. Mm. I mean, just like that general audience, not furry specifically. Like that's not yeah. their I mean, the furry audience, audience is definitely an audience that supports their content creators, which is yes. pretty awesome. Yes. So that's been really good for this animator who has crea- created one series or one, it was like one episode of a series. They created an IP called uh, Has Been Hotel, um, which I haven't like watched all of, but it's kind of more of a raunchy, like somewhat raunchy adult oriented animated program um, with very unique character designs. Mm. And the character designs have kind of carried its popularity because I think there's only ever been one pilot episode and they never actually did anything with it, but it's like oh. got a huge online following, like really? gigantic. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and I, th- and this, and Vizipop leveraged that popularity into another IP, which I think is like a spinoff. Um, called uh, Hell of a Boss, huh. which uh, recently like got a ton of investment and is now making like a series. That's interesting. And what's nuts about that is like you have this outsider who was just like making little YouTube videos who made like some really nice character designs and mm-hmm. turned that into a basically an income generator. And I think that's really interesting what this this one creator who was an outsider in the industry has been able to do. Be, which would not have been possible without streaming. Yeah. The big thing that streaming does is it moves who the gatekeeper is, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. if you can find a large enough audience for whatever weird media you want to create, you can sell it to someone because the mm-hmm. the bar for getting eyes on it is much lower than it used to be. Yeah. Because we don't need 50 million viewers to tune into I Love Lucy anymore. We just need right. a certain number yeah, to, and if you um, and if and if you have enough that are big enough fans and who are willing to spend enough money on your on your stuff, mm-hmm. then uh, like those even those lower those those the lower number of eyeballs is worth more, right? If they're if they're more spendy, Niche? yes, you know. Um, we didn't really get into it this episode, so we should do another one about this. But the increase of diversity and inclusion and representation on the on the cusp or on the tail of mm-hmm. all of the streaming changes yeah, that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the audiences are able to get more niche. We're yeah, able to because see more really cool stuff happen. And I guess also the problem being that people who don't want to see representation don't have to. They can just be jerks and continue yeah. being jerks in their own little echo chambers. So. And then they're jerks about representation existing at all because they're yeah. not used to it because they don't expose themselves to other media. Yeah, that's an uh, that's an episode for another time because we're already yeah. over. But <laughs> we are way over. We are way. Over. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We we could probably end it here because I could talk forever. Oh, yes, about we need another stuff. light salt soon. Yeah, because I love these. Yeah, but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me about this. It's been something that's been on my mind a lot. It's interesting to be the generation that has seen so many of these new technologies take shape. I know that every Mm -hmm. generation has new technologies that happen, but I feel like 
they're happening faster as time goes on. Like it's an asymptote. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at the, the, from VHS to DVD, you know, you mm-hmm. had, you know, at least 15 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if not more. Yeah, like think about from, the, uh, the first photograph to now. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. But you go to VHS DVDs, uh, DVD to Blu-ray was shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. And Blu-ray and streaming were like five years apart. Like we had Blu-ray yeah. for a couple of years and then streaming was the big thing. And like, then, like who even wants Blu-rays now? I don't know. I think I have a couple. I like but... Blu-rays. The, I like Blu-rays for certain things because they are, it's a higher quality video than you can get streaming because, which has to do with like compression and broadcast stuff, which is stuff I'd love to talk about when we talk about. The Broadcast analog to digital, digital changeover. Yeah. <laughs> analog to digital changeover. We, yeah, that's going to be another episode because there's a lot to I need to do to, some to research so I can ask questions and so you don't feel like you're just rambling at me. Yeah, sorry. Did I, did I ramble at you a bit too much today? No, not at all. Okay. I really enjoy talking this about you. I have no problem interrupting your rambling. So Good. Good. That's <laughs> necessary. <laughs> Same here. I'm like, I could talk forever, so please stop me. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Well, I think that will do it for today. Thank you for joining us this week on Medium Salt. If you liked this episode and you would like some more of us, you can check us out on mediumsalt.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While there, please you know subscribe, like, auto-download, all that fun stuff. Everything helps us out, especially uh, sharing us around. We're trying to, trying to grow our audience, so that always helps. Join our Discord. There should be a link on our website somewhere that you can join the Discord. And you can talk about movies. You can talk about uh, the episode. We've got, we got all kinds of things going on. We can... Uh, we have a Wordle thread. Yeah, we got a Wordle thread if you want to do the Wordle thing. And remember, as always... Stay salty. Stay salty.